Welcome to our podcast, friends. Thank you so much for listening. If you like our podcast and want to support us, please subscribe or follow us. And please don't forget to click the notification bell so you will be notified when new episodes release. Thank you, and God bless. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining me and my friend, the friar, Father Stephen Sanchez, a discalced Carmelite priest. Um, I've been listening to the Catechism in a Year podcast with Father Mike, and I've, while I'm enjoying it, I often find myself kind of getting lost in the details with each episode. And um, there's something that he said a handful of times over the course of the podcast. As a matter of fact, he said it today that this is not so much about knowledge trans uh, knowledge transfer it's not just about information it's about transformation right so like la- allowing the the teaching of the catechism right to uh transform your heart but um man i don't know i i just get i guess i get lost in the details right and so i'm struggling and so of course father steven um he's here to kind of help help me out you know step back we're, we're going to zoom out and try to see things from a kind of a bit, bit more of a big picture point of view. Uh, and we we've had episodes on the podcast before about the catechism, um, and I've gone back to listen to them myself since starting catechism in a year, and um, I get a lot out of them. So I just really encourage everyone, if you're like me and you're kind of getting lost in the details, to go back and check them out. So our episodes is or are, what do Christians believe? An introduction to the catechism and teaching from the catechism. And that kind of gets us now to the master. <laughs> <laughs> well, I agree. I think in the, it's kind of a, it's a dry document if you don't understand, if you don't have somebody that unpacks it for you. I mean, if somebody were just reading to, reading the catechism to me, I'd be like, I'd get, I'd just, my eyes would just glaze over and <laughs> yeah. I'd be out in 10, 15 minutes like, what? Because uh, it it's a difficult document. It's not, it's, it's not meant to, uh, it's meant to be studied, right? It's meant to be, uh, it's supposed to be a foundation for, for the teaching. And as the Universal Catechism itself states that this is a catechism and that local bishops can make adaptations. And I think we talked about that at the earlier mm-hmm. catechism, right? Uh, podcast on terms of how they do have one for the youth. They have a UCAT uh, or something for the youth, right? But it's a difficult, it's like, it's like, okay, I'm going to sit down and read an encyclopedia. Um, yeah. Okay. It's going to be a difficult read, but you can do that. Yeah. So yeah, I, I understand uh, it is a difficult thing, but getting back to now to the, to the catechism itself and trying to step back from it, uh, like we had said before in the other podcast, the catechism is divided into four parts plus the prologue, right? Yeah, yeah. And this the first part, and we're in day, I don't know, 90-something, 90 92 maybe of it? I don't know how many days it's been this year, but, um, but we're in the early 90s days-wise. And so what we're going to talk about, you and I today, are just like the... F- first half of part one of the catechism so all 90 days we're still in part one and there's one part in particular that i have found really interesting regarding 
man's capacity for God. Um, just kind of like, that's something that I've keep thinking about over and over, but we'll, we'll get to that here in a minute. Okay. Okay. So, okay. If you, if you remember in the previous podcast on the creed, the catechism, because it's, that's where the catechism comes from is from breaking open the creed, right? The, the Nicene Creed, the Apostles Creed. We mentioned that, that in the prologue to the catechism, the, the commission gives us an outline of the structure of the catechism in paragraphs uh, numbered uh, 13 through 17. So in the prologue, paragraph number 13 says, The plan of this catechism in, is inspired by the great tradition of catechisms, which build catechesis on four pillars the baptismal profession of faith, which is the creed, the sacraments of faith, which we did a podcast on that. The third pillar is the life of faith, which is the way they interpret it is the commandments, the moral life. What, what, is, what is it to live this life? Mm-hmm. And the fourth part is the prayer of the believer, which is basically breaking open the Lord's Prayer. And here, when the, in the prologue, when it references the great tradition of catechism, what it's referencing is the fact that one of the first catechisms, as we said in the other podcast, was the Roman catechism and goes way, 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 way back. So that's one of the things in the, that it's re- referring to here is the great tradition of catechisms that was rooted in the Eastern communities, which is you know where we came from, and how that Eastern tradition came into the West and how the Roman church put together this catechism. So the first part then is the profession of faith. Uh, again, going back to the creed, right? If the person in question, who, the neophyte, the person who's interested in the church, right? If the person in question comes to believe in apostolic testament, who believes that the apostles were telling the truth as to who Jesus Christ is, so if that's true, and if they believe apostolic testament, then there follows a necessary statement of that belief. In other words, if I believe what you're telling me, then I need to be able to say, like, I believe what you're telling me. So before we open up uh, part one, let's go back to again to the prologue, and now this time to number 14 that deals with the content of part one. So number 14 of the prologue says, Those who belong to Christ through faith and baptism, must confess their baptismal faith before others, before men. First, therefore, the catechism expounds revelation by which God addresses and gives himself to man and the faith by which man responds to God. That's section one. The profession of faith summarizes the gifts that God gives man as the author of all that is good, as redeemer, and as sanctifiers, so we already have the Trinitarian uh, modality working here in, in the terms of the creed. It develops these in the three chapters on our baptismal faith in the one God, the Almighty Father, the Creator, His Son Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, and the Holy Spirit, the sanctifier in the Holy Church. So that's going to be section two is about how that works out in the community of faith. So going back again to, to part one which is, again, the profession of faith. It's the way they break it up. And it's a little frustrating trying to follow the way the outline because I get a little lost. and like, wait a minute. It gets a little complicated. Um, so if somebody's reading it to me, I can only imagine <laughs> how much more complicated <laughs> it would be. Yeah. So 
So part one is composed of two sections, and the first section is entitled, I Believe, We Believe. So my personal profession of faith within the community of faith, so that I believe, we believe. And this section one is composed of three chapters, and it runs from number 185, paragraph 185, all the way through paragraph 1065. So there's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. So now, uh, section two um, is the profession of Christian faith, right? So that's that's something that we'll get to later. But this first part here that you were asking about, that you were interested about, the first a part of these chapters. The first chapter is man's capacity for God. The second chapter, God comes to meet man. So that would be Jesus Christ or the revelation, right? And the thirdly, man's response to God. How does how does man respond to that revelation? Yeah. And that's, that's the part that I really want to dig in. Um, Cause I, th- I think I think most people have have grappled with this before, right? Like, can we really intuit that God is really out there, that there's something more than us, right? Um, And I think a lot of modern philosophies and materialistic science, it kind of leads to the end that there isn't really thing out there. We're all just this cosmic accident, right? Um. And then I think people, they treat science like a religion, like it's a, it's a faith foundation, right? It's a, I, I believe in science, like we joked about with, uh, with Nacho Libre <laughs> the other day. <laughs> I believe in science, right? So it, like it's going to encompass and like explain everything. And we were, we were at dinner the other night and we're all just sitting at the table talking and um, <clears throat> I don't know how, some, somehow science came up. My daughter's probably talking about school. And so I asked her to try to explain to me what science is as though I'm like some kid from some deep jungle South American tribe or something. I never even never heard this word before, right? So see if you can explain it to me. And she said that like science is it, it can explain or describe anything. Like that's that's what it's it's a way of understanding, right? And so I was like, okay, well, um, is murder wrong? Like, can science explain to me that murder is right or wrong? Right? Not killing someone in self-defense or, you know, on accident or anything like that. But like, I don't like Father Stephen. I'm going to go kill Father Stephen, right? Because it solves my problem. And um, she was, she agreed murder is wrong, thankfully, right? Knock on wood, whatever. Um <laughs> It means I'm safe for a little bit, at least. Um, but like, we figured out really quickly, like, science can't tell you that it's right or wrong, right? And then that really quickly it changed the conversation into morals or, you know, beauty, right? Like, you can see, you can, there's there's parts of life that you can't, I don't know, you can't explain through science, right? So anyway, right. so... I. I was telling her, right, that this that there's a danger in just believing in science as as though it's like your foundation for everything because there's there's just gaps that it can't describe, um, right? And 
so just because, and I was telling her, just because science can't explain everything, that doesn't mean God exists. That's a whole like God of the gaps kind of argument, right? The spaghetti monster thing, right? There's, I don't know why thunder exists, so it must be God kind of thing. Um, but I don't know. It just really seems like there's something, something deeply ingrained in people, right? Like, I mean, I don't know if you can find an ancient culture where they're like, nope, there's no gods. It's just us, right? Like everybody throughout history has seemed to really feel like something else is out there. And I find that Mm -hmm. really interesting, but I want to know like, how is it that that can help guide me to God? Right. Right. And the, the way the, the way that the catechism approaches again within the Catholic philosophical theological uh, tradition, right? The teaching, the whole stepping back and and observing, right? The the idea then that man's capacity for God and that there's a desire for God. The the, the first chapter here then deals with that. It deals with the the human person's search for transcendence. Right yeah. to to step outside of myself or, or an awareness of something greater than myself, right? And, and uh, for us, then, as a community of faith, we see this need and desire to go outside of ourselves. We see it as as part of who we are, and it's rooted for us. We explain it in such a way, or understand it in such a way that it, it is in our rooted. It is rooted in our search for and desire to connect with the ultimate other. Uh, that is our search for God, who we somehow we intuit to be our ultimate good, or else we wouldn't be searching for that ultimate other. We as a community of belief name that need, desire as faith. And in, in this part, as a, as a catechism explains this, right, or, or opens or, or introduces us to this theme, right? The person is aware of something greater than themselves. Uh, Okay, how how does it, you know, when the person begins to think and consider, right, to meditate, contemplate, okay, so how did this tree become a tree? How does it grow? Why is it so big? Who, Who made the tree? And so who made the grass, who made the animals that we need to eat or the plants that we need to eat or the water we need to drink. That there's, it's not, the person begins to think about where did this come from? How did this come to be, right? And for us as a, as a community of belief, if our initial understanding and the ground on which we we build our understanding is the belief that we have been created by God and for God, then our completion, that need for transcendence, that need for the ultimate other, that search for completion outside of ourselves, it can only be found in relationship with our creator, right? Ultimately, right? That's what we as as a community of belief state, right? It's not all the money in the world, it's not all the water in the world, it's that, that, that the only way that we're going to actually come to some place of completion and satiation is when we are finally united with the ultimate other, who is our creator. St. Augustine of Hippo, uh, who lived in the late 300s and early 400s, it was famous for his phrase, our hearts are restless until they rest in you, 
And that sort of captures then this idea of um, there's a thirst in us, there's a hunger in us, there's a searching for us, in us. And sometimes the way that manifests in our lives may be very different. It might be like, okay, so, so I'm going to get in, you know, I'm going to dive into, you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Well, okay, but you're looking for something outside of yourself. You just don't know what you're looking for. People of reason, people of faith, people of belief, we come to the understanding that what we're really looking for then is that ultimate completion in our creator. And again, this whole understanding of the fact that, you know, the fall and all this is part of our whole theology and philosophy, the fact that we have been created to be with God and that because of the fall, we're, a, we're apart from God and we're f looking for and searching for our way back to God. Uh, this is going to come up again in the section four of the catechism when we, when we cover prayer. There are lots and lots and lots of stories of this primitive, primal search for God. Some are very hopeful and positive, and some are very you know dystopian, as you were speaking earlier, dystopian science fiction tropes where the result mm -hmm. is only disappointment and despair, right? Yeah. Yet... Even these tropes, science fiction, dystopian tropes, even they are trying to address this need that there is a need. There's an awareness that there is this need. They're trying to address this primal need that, that we feel, for example, in the, in the Aliens franchise, right? All of a sudden, when we finally got to the Covenant stuff, like looking for who created us and stuff. And so... Uh, there's this whole, you know, it became very dystopian, right? Sort of like, okay, but who created the creators? There's still that question, right? Uh, yeah. And those big bald guys, after we found them or whatever, it's like, then they just wanted to kill us. And so it's like, wait, what? <laughs> Tried to get all <laughs> twisted real quick. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's not the first one. I mean, there's, there's other, this other science fiction dystopian tropes, right? That, that sort of play on this, but, uh, the whole idea of looking for, um, again, in the parable of the father's house, it, returning to the father. That's how we, that, that, it, that addresses that primal hunger and thirst that we have, that we want and we need. And when we fall in love with somebody, we fall in love with somebody. Mm -hmm. We're wanting and needing to be able to transcend ourselves, to go outside of ourselves and communicate and, and connect with the other person in an ultimate way. And that can be very beautiful. And for us, it can be sacramental, but it's not the ultimate connection. The ultimate connection can only be when I finally come to that communion with the father through Jesus Christ and the Holy spirit. That's the ultimate communion. And even then that's going to take forever and ever and ever a continual communion mm -hmm. and a continual surprise of how much uh, the father loves us. Yeah. So that's that's actually really interesting thinking about love um, or relationship like that, right? It's it's which you really are longing to be known the way that yes. God knows you, right? And so then, yes. I guess equally the best you could do is spend your life trying to emulate how you understand God loves you or this other person, right? And so I'm right. just going to try and know right. you the way God the Father knows you and love you the way He loves you and be terrible at it, but keep trying over and over like the right. rest of your life, right? Yeah, yeah. So go back, go back and listen to that uh, podcast on relationships. Uh, that's where we talk about that whole yeah. drive, right? It's a good one. So as, as the catechism moves forward then in this first section here, b besides this inherent 
need for the transcendent for communion. There's also something else that is a result of being aware of being created by the creator. And that something else is that if we have been created, the inference there, the implication is, then there is something of worth in the creature. There is a dignity that is part of the creature because it is created. Because it wasn't an accident. Because it was intentional. All creation then should be treated with the dignity that it deserves because of its intentional creation. Mm -hmm. But especially the human person who has been created to be in relationship with the creator at a level of intimate communion that makes us partakers of the divinity itself. That's the beauty of our faith is that we believe and we proclaim that we are transfigured, transformed, and that we share and are in communion with divinity, that the divinity shares that divinity with us, right? And wants to share this with us. So, I mean, you go back to the, if you go back to the, to the catechism, all these are parts of the, 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 the way in which the human person is is presented to to us for consideration, and that's in in number twenty eight. So number twenty eight of the Catechism says, in many ways, throughout history, down to the present age, men have given expression to their quest for God in their religious beliefs and behavior, in their prayers, sacrifices, rituals, meditations, and so forth. These forms of religious expression, despite the ambiguities they often bring with them, are so universal that one may well call man a religious being. And that's whether it's, you know, you're worshiping your fish hook or your fishing nets or the uh, sun. whatever it is, right? You're, yeah. You're, yeah, exactly. The sun or, you know, <clears throat> the horse or whatever, right? That, that there is a religious, there's a need for religiosity in the human person. And so number 28 continues, From one ancestor, God made all nations to inhabit the whole earth, and he allotted the times of their existence and the boundaries of the places where they would live so that they would search for God and perhaps grope for him and find him, though indeed he is not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and have our being, you know, quoting from Acts. So what the catechism is doing here is the, the catechism is saying all of humanity, all of humanity is searching for God. And we would say as Catholics, all of creation is searching for God. All of creation is looking for that final uh, communion and healing that we can find in our creator. And even though our religious expression can be ambiguous, we may not know what we're worshiping. We have a, an idea. We, we have an intuition. We're, we're striving for something. And even in, again, for us in divine revelation, as the Father has revealed himself to us through his Son and the Holy Spirit, there's still a lot that we are trying to grasp with, you know, like just the whole idea of the incarnation, this whole idea of creation, this whole idea of restoration is something that, that, that takes up a lot of time and reflection, right? 
So then the, the second section of this part here is entitled The Ways of Coming to Know God. And in number 34 of this section, the Catechism says, The world and man attest that they contain within themselves neither their first principle nor their final end. Meaning that we're not gods and that there's nothing in the world that is God. There's like the horse is not a god, whales are not god, trees are not god, right? but rather that they participate in being itself or the ultimate ground of being, right? Uh, which alone is without origin or end, meaning God, who is who creates us and sustains us in creation. So thus in different ways, man can come to know that there exists a reality, which is the first cause and final, final end of all things, a reality that everyone calls God. For example, we're talking about the Aliens franchise. So, okay, whoever created the creators and whoever created the creators of the creators and whoever created the creators of the creators of the creators, ultimately you come to the, to the one non-created being, and that is who God is, right? Yeah. So then we come to the, this, the third section of this first part here, the knowledge of God according to the church. And in number 36 uh, of the catechism, uh, it states, our Holy Mother, the Church, holds and teaches that God, the first principle, in other words, the first cause, the unmoved mover, and last end of all things, can be known with certainty from the created world by the natural light of human reason. Without this capacity, man would not be able to welcome God's revelation. Man has this capacity because he is created in the image of God. There's a resonance. There's an echo, and we're trying to re, we're, we're aware of that resonance and that echo, and we're trying to respond to that in our in our search, right? We're trying to find God. Yeah, I love that line. <clears throat> that without this capacity, man would not be able to welcome God's revelation. Man has this capacity because he's created in the image of God. <clears throat> uh, I, I I find it just really it's really compelling. Um, you know, I've, I've always felt, I remember even when I was a little kid, like looking around and just thinking that there's something that is bigger than everything else, right? That transcends everything else. Um, uh, you know, kind of the way I kind of picture it is like, I would never be walking through the woods and come across some piece of machinery and go, Oh, this is a strange rock or something that I've never seen before. Right. right. Like I wouldn't think it was natural. I would just know just by stumbling across it, even if it's a something I've never seen before, right? I would just be able to tell that this is something that had been designed and created, right? Right. Even right. if I couldn't tell what it was designed to do or created to do, I I'd be able to tell. Um, and just like nothing else, nothing else relates to the universe or the world around us like we do. Right, like a bear doesn't come across a Correct. beehive and like marvel at the work of the bees and you know how detailed and you know symmetrical everything is and can't believe they made this delicious honey. They just you know it's snack time. That's all they care about, right? They just right. this is a great thing, right. right? And they eat it up. But um, but it's like because we're made in the image of God, we can look around us and we can see the creativity and precision like everywhere. Right, like you see seashells, right, and they have the same repeating pattern. If you you know cut them in half, 
or uh, spiral galaxies or flowers or whatever, right? It's like everywhere around us. And like the same way I wouldn't Spider see... Webs. Yeah, yeah. It's like I wouldn't... The same way I wouldn't stumble across a machine in the woods and think that it's just random. Um, like I can't help but look at the universe and all of creation and not think the same thing, right? Like this, this was designed, this is created. Like there's... To me, the it's it's almost asinine to think that it's like cosmic chance. You know what I mean? Right. So I, I like this right. this last statement about and, our capacity. And part of it too is the fact that we're made in the image and likeness of God. Part of that image and likeness is that the second person of the Trinity, the Word, the Logos. Logos is not just word. Logos is also reason. Mm-hmm. Sort of like the rationale, the reason, the logic, and and I think that's part of the thing that that drives the human person to consider these things, like to look at the stars and to see the stars, and to okay, so the sun comes up here, and all of a sudden, after a year, you know, it comes out here, and sometimes it's low in the south. Oh, it's low in the south when it's winter, and it's it's uh, it's right above us in the summer and so like mm. so all these different things uh point to some sort of design right and the yeah. fact that it's a design resonates with our own reasoning right and that's where part of that uh looking for the the that original designer right the ultimate designer the ultimate uh, reason that the, again going back to the whole idea of genesis you know how god brings order out of chaos Mm-hmm. That there's something about order that 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 resonates with us and and calls us to consider this this greater uh, being that holds all things in in this order. And yet, even though we have this intuition, even though we have this search and this need for transcendence because of the fall, which again, Genesis, right? The consequence of the fall is that it's difficult for us to come to some sure knowledge concerning God. The the fall, the condition necessitates God to reveal himself to us. And yet because we're limited, our knowledge of God and our language of God about God is going to be limited. So one of the things that the the theologians talk about in terms of revelation is that there was the original revelation that uh, we lived in friendship with God in Adam and Eve, right? That's what paradise was, to live this intimacy, this communion, right? And because of the fall, our knowledge, our sensitivity to God has been dulled, has been broken. And because it's been dulled and broken, because of the fall, we have drifted away from that knowledge, even though we still, there's a primal Memory, and that's what what drives us. We're looking for God. There's just a memory of that union. But because of the fall, things have gotten, the the lens through which we perceive has gotten Mm -hmm. dirty, has gotten thick, has gotten, yeah, it needs to be buffed and cleaned. Yeah. And that's part of that whole uh, searching for God and being made in the image of God. And yet, God knows our limitedness, and He takes this limitedness into account. And when he reveals himself to us, according to the catechism, according to our theology and philosophy, 
he reveals he reveals to he reveals himself to us in a graduated way in a progressive way like he's not going to take Israel he's not going to he's not going to appear to Abraham and go okay like okay so uh I'm one god but there's three it's, I'm a Trinitarian God. There's only one substance, substance, but there's three persons. He's going like, what? So, how, <laughs> yeah. you know, so how's that? How's that different from? How's that different from? You know, Jupiter and 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 Hera and, and Apollo. Like so, yeah. It was. It had to be revealed in a progressive way. And so, and this is the theme of chapter two of part one. Uh, God comes to. God comes to meet man. And in this uh, chapter, there's three articles. One, the revelation of God, two, the transmission of divine revelation, and three, sacred scripture. So in this first article, the revelation of God, the church states that God has freely chosen to reveal himself to humanity in order to invite humanity to share in his divine life. So, God has created us and created us in his own image. We lost our communion with him through the fall, and our relationship with God became obscured. Yet, in the heart of humanity, there is this desire, this memory, this, this, this echo for transcendence, which is a result of that obscure memory of where we were before in relationship to the divine during the time of Eden or paradise, right? Uh, I see your, I see the, I see the wheels turning, John. What's going on? I just, no, I think how it's, it sounds um, like how exciting if you think about that, right? It, yeah. it means yeah. it's like we're part of a story as opposed, again, as opposed to some accident that is meaningless, right? Right. Um, right. To have this collective memory that it's like you're longing for someone, right? Like I, I could, I can even, <laughs> no pun intended. Like I could see a book where it's like the character he knows that he used to have a family, but he can't quite figure it out, right? Like amnesia or mm-hmm. something, right? And right. so it just seems really exciting. Like what a good story, and then how personal that becomes because that's you, right? Yes. No matter no matter right. where you are or who you are or how. Uh, catechized you are right you're still remembering you're learning to remember yes. your family yeah. your father and then how we're all like in this together like i don't know it's just something about that it just makes me smile it makes me it gets me all excited <laughs> okay so when we get to chapter two god comes to meet man so god is so committed to his creation so committed to us right he chooses to remind us of that communion uh, through the process of his free revelation to us through what we call salvation history. We would call it, you know, talk about the calling of, of Abram that becomes Abraham. Of course, we have Genesis and that whole story, right? That that's part of that sacred tradition as well. So in article one of chapter two is the revelation of God. And there's a subheading that says God entitled God reveals his plan of loving goodness. And in number 52, the Catechism states, God, who dwells in unapproachable light, wants to communicate his own divine life to the men he freely created in order to adopt them as his sons in his only begotten son. By revealing himself, 
God wishes to make them capable of responding to him and of knowing him and of loving him far beyond their own natural capacity. Number 53, the divine plan of revelation is realized simultaneously by deeds and words which are intrinsically bound up with each other and shed light on each other. It involves a specific divine pedagogy, a teaching, right? God communicates himself to man gradually. He prepares him to welcome, by stages, the supernatural revelation that is to culminate in the person and mission of the incarnate word, Jesus Christ. St. Irenaeus of Lyon repeatedly speaks of this divine pedagogy using the image of God in man becoming accustomed to one another. The word of God dwelt in man and became the son of man in order to accustom man to perceive God and to accustom God to dwell in man according to the Father's pleasure. So this whole idea of I need to reveal my, I want to reveal myself to the creature that I have freely created. I want to reveal myself so that the creature can respond to my revelation, to my being present to him, right? Um, and then there's a subheading here, subheading two, it talks of the stages of revelation. There's the covenant with Adam, the covenant with Noah, the covenant with Abraham, the formation of Israel as a chosen people. And then subheading three is on the coming of Christ as the ultimate and final word of revelation. So article two then addresses the transmission of divine revelation from the apostolic tradition through apostolic succession, relationship of sacred tradition and sacred scripture, and the heritage of faith. And we can do several podcasts just on that, just the understanding yeah. of divine revelation and tradition and, and apostolic transmission. And then Article 3 uh, addresses the topic of sacred scripture in a deeper way. So that's yeah. basically where the, this first section uh, leads us to, to sacred scripture. Yeah. You ever see the movie... Um, <clears throat> uh, is it 51st dates no. i think it's an adam sandler movie have you ever seen it no 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 um it's just this whole like amnesia kind of thing i, I it's been a hundred years since i've seen it but basically his i guess his wife um has some kind of you know brain injury or disorder or something she and she basically goes to sleep wakes up next morning no memory of the day before Right, short-term memory loss. Yeah, yeah. So it's like his journey as her husband to like every morning. How do I reveal to like that we're married and I love you and you're safe and you know today's going to be a great day and you're not going to remember it tomorrow kind of thing. Um, but just that kind of cyclical kind of journey, and it just kind of makes me think. Right, how good is God that? He meets us where we yes. are. Yes. And he's so patient and he's so kind. And day after day, you know, time, forget, you know, short term memory loss after short term <laughs> memory loss, right? And long term memory loss. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Just again, just how, how sweet of a thought that is for somebody who's just being so patient and so loving. Right, with somebody mm -hmm. who doesn't necessarily remember. Um, 
That's so cool. That's so cool. Um, yeah. Well, this this seems like a, a good place to take a break before we jump into the next section. Um, it's definitely given me a lot to think about. So, uh, to all you who joined us, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. And today's the day that we've earned your subscription. So subscribe, follow us if you haven't already, so you'll get notified in your podcast app of our new episodes. And of course, of course, please share the podcast with others. Um, you know, maybe try sharing the episode with someone who is searching for something more, um, just not aliens, because that never works out. Um, yeah, you know, you never know what small thing you might do, and it kind of helps somebody to grow deeper into their faith Amen. and their relationship. Yeah. Um, and always, thanks for listening. Uh, can't wait for y'all to join us in the next episode. God bless. Thank you. God bless.